0: Hey, there's a link in the description to leave a comment in the Federal Register. It's an open comment period, and if you politely tell your Kratom story to Health and Human Services and WHO, you could help prevent international controls on Kratom eventually down the road. So click on that link. Leave your comment, and we left a little bit of instructions for you. And we talk about this issue later in the podcast. Thank you. This is the Kratom Science Journal Club with Dr. Jonathan Cachet, neuroscientist and expert in psychopharmacology. In each episode, we discuss an article in a peer-reviewed journal. I'm your host, Brian Gallagher, blog and social media writer for KratomScience.com your source for all things Today we're looking at a preliminary study into the question of whether a combination of Kratom alkaloids and chemotherapy drugs can be more effective in killing or slowing cancer cells. Nothing on KratomScience.com, including this podcast, constitutes medical advice. See a doctor if you're sick. Gregory Dominic said this. sent this to me, so thank you, Gregory Dominic. The, this is a group out of Malaysia that studied this. Uh, Darshan Singh's a former Kratom Science podcast guest, and this was published in the Journal of Ethnopharmacology, and it's called combinations of indole-based alkaloids from mitragynous speciosa kratom and cisplatin-inhibit cell proliferate- <laughs> proliferation and mm-hmm. migration of nasopharyngeal carcinoma cell lines. Okay, so kratom is aiding in chemo in this study with uh, killing uh, cancer throat cancer cells. Uh, Mm -hmm. that's the alternative title i just made up Uh, there we go (laughs) yeah what they did it was like a combination of the chemo and uh alkaloids that they studied on uh cell lines uh i think it was kidney nasopharyngeal carcinoma is a malignant cancer which manifests in the nasopharynx specifically in the Pharyngeal recess, so it's back of your throat, basically. They got the kratom, uh, and they extracted the alkaloids from a plantation in Malaysia. Which, it's weird because kratom is illegal in Malaysia, yet it's all over the place. So, it's it's illegal, but it's, uh, so many people use it because it just grows wild everywhere and they can't really control all of it. This is uh, University of Science, Malaysia.
1: I worked out at the University of uh, Science there.
0: They just went and got it from a plantation, so it's kind of weird. Um, Dr. Singh was explaining kind of like the law to me, and he, he did a study of uh, kratom consumers, and um, but, it, but it's technically against the law, but it's everywhere. It's kind of like weed is <laughs> mm-hmm. has been here for the past 40 50 years so uh, cisplatin is a chemotherapy drug used to treat testicular ovarian bladder head neck lung and cervical cancer uh, i looked that up and um, they even talk about in the introduction and in, in a traditional context kratom is commonly used to treat cancer uh this is just traditional use um
1: and they point. I'm surprised a st- by that. Have, have you have you come across studies that have said that? I didn't. Wasn't expecting that to, to pop up.
0: Yeah, no, uh, not really. Um, I just did an article based on this study where I was I was looking at like combinations of herbal medicine or traditional medicine uh, with modern, you know, chemotherapy. Cause that's what my mom did. She took a tea called Essiac tea and she thought it helped her, but she was also doing a chemo. She didn't like not go to the doctor. That wouldn't be a good idea if you have cancer. Uh Um, I've, I've heard of some people saying that like they, there's like a bad medical claim on a dietary supplement or something. And the, And some people think, "Oh, well, I don't have to go get chemo. I'll just take this supplement," and then they end up dying of cancer. Um, Mm -hmm. I've heard a few stories like that. So, Steve Jobs. anybody anybody that listens, yeah, Steve Jobs, really, yeah. So anybody that listens to this thinking this means kratom cures cancer, it doesn't. It's the it actually the alkaloids are acting as chemo sensitizers, so it actually helps the chemotherapy. That's the that's kind of the result from this one study.
1: Um, but, yeah. 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 But it, uh, it seemed like basically during the chemo treatment, like chemo, chemotherapy is basically introducing like controlled introduction of cytotoxic compounds that kill, um, that kill the cells cytotoxic. And, and one of the bummers is like there aren't really many, that many targeted chemotherapies. So it kills the cancerous cells and the good cells alike. Um, and in, in any situation where you're having like targeted um, death you're going to end up developing like some sort of resistance so i think that basically what they were saying is over time they'll get resistance to this cisplatin um, and it is severely reduces its efficacy in subsequent treatments and so by combining this cisplatin with other natural compounds Um, If it can sensitize, resensitize the cancerous cells to the effects of that chemotherapy agent, that's good. It, It lowers that tolerance and makes the treatment more effective. There's a there's a lot here too. I mean, it's interesting yeah. uh, the different assays they did. Um, but I would just give the disclaimer that I did not study cancers uh, in in grad school. So I, I'm going to do my best to help us navigate through here. But uh, I think we're on the same on the same uh, page as we enter into some of those methods and materials.
0: Okay, and uh, it says the aim we aim to investigate the effect of. M. speciosa alkaloids and cisplatin as single agents as well as in combination on proliferation and migration of the NPC, that's the cancer cell lines, using monoleoculture culture and in spiroids. It says the spiroids represent, resemble a microenvironment and architecture closer to tumors in vivo and therefore serve as a more physiological model to study cell invasion and drug sensitivity
1: gotcha yeah i know i'm not familiar with those
0: yeah that was uh yeah that was one of the ones i was like i'd never heard of that
1: um three-dimensional cell cultures that arrange themselves during proliferation into sphere-like formations okay you observed them in a hamster lung cells um when they were grown by themselves so yeah my guess would be it's uh they're taking the the cancerous cells of this the cell culture letting it grow on itself and it forms these spheroids that are then um more closely relevant to the the biological conditions in which the cancer has grown
0: yeah yeah extraction of plant material they used a hot maceration method with five liters of methanol to extract the kratom from the leaves or the alkaloid from the leaves Mm -hmm. um
1: and um they did a lot of filtering, you know. So they were they're defatting it with a base or acidic solution, and then there was different washes with n-hexane three times. Um, and then the the biggest stuff that I was surprised of here is just that they, um, in order to do fur- further purification, they fractionated the alkaloid extract with a gel column, like a chrom- uh, chromatography. Um, so they had the seven major fractions f1 through f7 where f2 and it looks like f6 um, had the highest concentrations or at least the most inhibitory activity when applied to the to this um cancerous cells so they so they basically made a giant liquid extract from the kratom leaves and then ran it through a purification column to get different fractionations and presumably the different fractionations contain different a different ratio of alkaloids
0: okay yeah i was gonna ask about that because i wasn't um sure about the fractions that's just uh like amount of mitragynine
1: yeah so okay. the amount of mitragynine but then they also were looking at two others we had uh, um specio and
0: yeah, painanthine yeah.
1: and spe- yeah, so the, speciogenine the ri- yeah, and the ratios of those were different in each of the fractions based on what their column contained.
0: Okay, yeah. So they're looking at they're looking at just the cisplate and what it does, and then in combination with just mitraginine and then in different combinations, I think of uh, the different alkaloids to see how it acted. And they're trying to ultimately kill the cancer cells. That they have cell lines. They're in a petri dish, I assume, or so- or something. And um, uh uh-huh. So their the whole experiment is to see if the cranium alkaloids would help kill the uh cancer cells. And it's pretty interesting
1: too. I mean like yeah, later on, so they get into the results, but like just the metragenine by itself or just any of the other alkaloids by themselves were not as effective. Yeah. It sort of goes back to this um, you know, effect the the full spectrum or the entourage effect that we frequently reference.
0: Yeah, and it said uh, MPC cell lines were insensitive to single-agent treatment of M. species alkaloids, so they found that the, you know, kratom actually by itself, or the alkaloids by themselves, don't uh, actually do anything to the cancer cells, but in combination with uh, the chemo drugs displayed, and it, it, they actually increase, um, I think, not thing by itself, but there's a combination of uh, MPC-HK1 cells were subjected to a combination of mitragynine and speciosilatine yeah, there, at a 1-1 compound ratio. Uh, the cells were insensitive I to the combination. It. Hey, oh, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you now. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was just saying um, under 3.2, um, treatment treatment of the M-speciosa alkaloids, one to four, uh, they did four of them, did not significantly increase... The toxic, cytotoxicity of the cancer cells, but they were subjected to a combination of mitragene and speciosilatine at a 1 1 compound concentration ratio. And the cells were, it says the cells were insensitive to the combination. Okay, so just just the kratom alkaloids alone didn't do anything to the cancer cells, but in combination mm. with uh, cisplatin, um, that's section 3.3. Um, I think, let me see which ones actually affected it. I think pananthine didn't affect it
1: on its own. They did at higher concentration. So this, this figure, figure three, is pretty interesting in that it shows as they increase the concentration of the cisplatin relative to the kratom uh, alkaloids that it's only in these higher doses are we seeing a synergistic effect between the two drugs. Almost everything up until that point is an antagonism, so it's actually... Um, preventing the effects of this cisplatin this chemotoxic agent.
0: Okay. Um, you mean, do you mean, um, even with the, uh, with the other alkaloids, with the kratom alkaloids, it's preventing it?
1: Yeah. So at like low okay. doses. So if you have eight uh, micromolars of metragenine with, uh, 0. 0.25 micromolar of the cisplatin, it was an antagonistic effect. That, and I, so I'm not exactly sure how they're, um, defining antagonism but it, it it seems like it's heavily dose dependent and that in order for them to work together we need higher doses of the cisplatin
0: 3.4 it says the assay demonstrated the potential of mytragenin and the cisplation as a combination and significantly inhibiting the migration across both cell lines now do you know what they mean when they mean uh migration is that just basically multiplying and growing
1: so i think this has to do with the 2d cell culture that they're using Um, and so naturally our you know like our skin for example is a 3d cell culture there are gradients present but there's no like prescribed um polarity meaning like positive and negative ends um there it's just sort of everything all mixed together when they use these 2d cell cultures there's usually two layers and they can um, force a polarity So uh, they can make the top negative and the bottom positive and force negative ions to move towards the positive or the reverse towards the negative. And so I think when they're talking about migration here, I think they're talking about the movement of the cells across that 2D gradient. Um, but, you know, again, disclaimer, have not worked with cell cultures in, in cancer uh, context.
0: And it's an inhibition of spheroid growth and invasion were already obvious at a combination of 16. Uh, micromolar. Mic- micromolar of mitragynine and 12 and 2 UM of cisplatin. Uh, the reduction in spheroid growth and invasion was more significant in the presence of 16. Of my tragenine and 4 UM you know, of splatin. That's more like mu M, isn't it? It's not U. <laughs> it's secret
1: later. Yeah, it's micro, yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: Moreover, the spiroids did not rapidly develop resistance to the drug combination at higher concentrations. I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs>
1: it's good I mean well it just goes to show that like after they've already if they've developed this tolerance to the cisplatin and we add in the mitragynine the combination of those two is much more effective at killing the cancer cells okay
0: yeah yeah and this they're in the discussion it says our results show the mitragynine and specia sensitized the NPC cells to cisplatin fourfold at concentrations close to its IC 50 values Mm -hmm. Uh, Based on these results, it can be inferred that these compounds can be used as effective chemosensitizers to cisplatin. So they're saying that mitragynine and speciacilatine were the two they found um, that can uh, help uh, uh, in cisplatin help uh, to kill cancer cells.
1: And, and I think I would say I think I would you know in, in most of the of the podcast episodes we talked about is usually about chronic pain and treatment of chronic pain and we can compare it to to opiates this at least in my book you know this was a 2021 study I would still consider these results like very preliminary if not the first to actually even investigate this so yeah um, you know for our listener out there uh, if you, if you, I would not say that this is something that you want to run to your doctor to and and change your, you know, the treatment of your grandma's cancer or your mom's cancer. It's very promising and very interesting, but there's still a lot more to unpack here. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Because I've never seen another study on on, you know, on this topic. So it seems like, and they and, they probably even say this somewhere in the paper as well. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and the one paper that you that they did cite that says it has like anecdotal use as for cancer treatment was really just this sort of like field notes from anecdotal studies. Um, I had not heard anything like this is the first I've heard about this topic in in the scientific publications at least.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, and uh, so what? What do you know? What the wound healing assay is?
1: I think it's about rate of wound healing, and so okay. I'm I, I am uh completely sort of interpreting between the lines here okay but in uh chemotherapy uh there's a lot of immune response repressor uh compounds that are added because basically you want uh, to allow the chemotactic agents to kill the cells you want them to be cytotoxic yeah um where your body's immune system is like what are you doing (laughs) we don't want this at all like we need to we need to fight back against this and so where you end up is like, um, you know, people who are on blood thinners have trouble forming scabs, and that can be a per- potentially like life threatening problem hmm. with wound healing. I'm pretty sure the primary endpoint that they're looking at is rate of wound healing. And you can sort of see it uh, if I'm interpreting this right in figure five correctly to where um they're sort of like what looks to be like a small gun wound. Um, it's probably not that. It's probably like a puncture wound. They made the the cell assay and then they, they did some mechanical damage to make that puncture. But you can see over on the far right and towards the bottom, the sort of um, the degree or the severity of this puncture wound has changed. And I think that what they're basically trying to demonstrate is that um, The immune response can still be functional in the presence of both metragenine and the cytoplatin. And it and it might actually even help with wound healing. So like the amount of wound healing that you see and the rate at which it is begun to be healing um, is of interest. Whereas, like, you know, standard chemotoxic agents can suppress that response. Um uh, but again, you know, that and figure six show sort of the same thing, you know, like almost complete destruction and then uh, the wounds healing back up. That's my neuroscientific approach to to what I read about today. You know, not not uh, don't don't take me to task on it.
0: <laughs> We're looking at the uh, pictures that look like you black dots or something. Is that the one mm-hmm. you're looking
1: at? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. OK, I can t- I can see that now. Yeah, because it's yeah, like the cells out. are all over. The, it's They're all over the place. And then it's like, yeah smaller and, and the,
1: with and this is over over 10 days of treatment spheroids treated with a single agent over the 10 day yeah yeah there were no resistance observed in the high highest concentration over 10 days and
0: um it even says at the end, it even says the mechanism of action of the M. speciosa alkaloids in combination of cisplatin is currently unknown. So that just kind of points to how uh, early this study is. They don't yeah. even know what is actually going on. They just observed what was going on. So they don't even know how mm-hmm. the kratom alkaloids are doing this yet
1: right yeah they needed to do this preliminary study to see if there was something there like is there even anything there and so it, it, it would appear that there is some uh there is some mechanisms to uncover that are worth more investigation based on these preliminary results
0: it might be good to say that you know kratom just actually makes people feel better and somebody's going through cancer there's a lot of nausea and stuff like that so i i i I don't know. I mean, if I, if I had cancer and I would talk to my doctor about everything I'm putting in my body, but uh, yeah,
1: you know, I was thinking that same thing on those anecdotal reports, like using, using creative when you have cancer, just to like, to feel better and to feel, um, to feel less pain to, you know, sort of just deal with the symptoms of cancer rather than fighting the cancer back directly is probably what most people are using creatum for if they have cancer i like we've said you know this is the first that i've actually had any scientific paper scientific empirical studies that that put creatum to task to say can these compounds actually help in uh the chemo treatments And and it looks like yes i mean it looks like there's there's enough here to say yes but learn more and very preliminary
0: yeah, and, and it seems like not all the alkaloids work, so uh, I wouldn't be sure that uh, taking just kratom would even would do anything to help uh, help the cisplatin, because um, they they have very specific alkaloids. Like my tra- my is one of them, and that's the most abundant mm-hmm. one in kratom. But uh, so two of the alkaloids didn't work, so um, it's. Uh, not known if you know just drinking kratom tea along with uh chemo would do anything at all uh you might have to uh you might have to have mitraginine and i don't know if i'm sure they don't even know if
1: it should be injected or or swallowed or yeah these are all yeah yeah. these are not in vivo they're in vitro models, but they yeah. are not in a whole organism. So there's a whole, yeah. a whole slew of potential interactions that aren't necessarily being captured by these type of experiments. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to obviously start somewhere, but the uh, yeah, the fact that these aren't in vivo, meaning like in a in a whole organism, like a whole mouse or a whole rat, um, we don't know what these uh, if these results will carry over.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's not yeah, it's not even in an uh, it's not even a mouse study yet. It's just uh, right. cells at this point. So I knew there was going to be blog posts about this one, and and there was, and it was like, mm-hmm. look, kratom helps cure cancer.
1: <laughs> That's a little yeah. Don't th- run to the don't run to the news printers with that news yet. Like we still want to just keep kratom around for what it's uh, primarily used for, and that is as an alternative to opiates. Um, I would not run to the legislatures and the regulators talking about curing cancer just yet. You know, we <laughs> stick with cannabis on that one. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, what is I mean, cannabis has shown that it it helps with cancer, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. One of the safest and most potent sort of um, immunomodulators that we're aware of, I and mean, especially cancer. In neuronal cells of the nervous system. Mm. Um, but so we know that CB1 is primarily the receptor CB1, cannabinoid receptor one, is on nervous tissues and nervous system. Can, uh, cannabis receptor two is primarily expressed in uh, the immune system. And so I don't, uh, you know, I think there are several mechanisms proposed, but due to that high concentration on the immune system, it can help regulate immune responses in a way. Um, unlike a lot of other agents that we have, um, and so you know, I think that there are there's good evidence, and at least stuff that I had pulled when I had a family member uh, get diagnosed, where if the uh, tissue that the cancer is affecting is highly expressing the cannabinoid two receptors, we generally have really good results with lowering tumor size, lowering to, tumor growth, um, and and potentially tumor elimination. Um, I would 100 uh, you know, like I, like I hinted at with cancer, um, of course, pass it by your doctor because some doctors in some states can get weird about cannabis use and, and cancer treatment, but otherwise, you know, that would be one of my first jump tos before going into chemo is like, let me see what I can do as much as I can with canna- cannabis and cannabinoids, especially in light of the fact that like, and I was just actually talking about this with a neurologist over the weekend where there is like very, very, very little downside to trying medical cannabis for your ailments or whatever symptoms you have in that it will either do nothing or it could, you know, be potentially life-changing for you. There's, there's very little downside. There's no overdose risk. There's no damage being done. Whereas like, you know, even with chemo, you're still killing a bunch of cells and you're still going to feel weak and you're still going to feel nauseous. Um, so, of course, run it by your MD or your team of MDs, most likely, if you have a, a cancer diagnosis. But uh, I would start with cannabis before Kratom, 100%. Yeah,
0: and and what just uh, THC or CBD or is, is uh, there? It's there generally
1: any- as much as the body can take. I mean, so yeah. when we were, like, actually helping, we had a dispensary in California where we were actually helping patients. And so we had several different, like, cancer patients that had different types of cancer And broadly speaking, the approach is get as many cannabinoids in your system as you can tolerate for as long as you can. Because there's no overdose or like lethal risk or any potential risk like that. Like most people just like if they're older, they don't want the paranoia that comes with the THC, which is fine. Okay, take THC out, but you still want to get... CBD, CBDA, CBG, CBC, like as many mm-hmm. cannabinoids as you can physically tolerate is the best approach. And, you know, I think, you know, being so stoned that you're couch locked and have to watch, you know, TV for a few weeks, I still think <laughs> is a better alternative to chemotherapy in yeah. my mind. But, you know, just like we started this out. Their chemotherapy exists for a reason and it's it's shown to be effective for a lot of different, even like resistant types of cancer. So you don't you don't want to see jobs it and just blow it off and then have to leave the world. Um but yeah. I would I'd start with I I would say starting with cannabis for almost any like symptomology is um a a, a healthy sort of first step before you, you jump off the deep end in the, in the chemo.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh man uh, I hope I don't have to think about that, (laughs) but I'll definitely get super stoned if I ever get cancer. (laughs) If I have to. All right. (laughs) It's my arm. (laughs) And, and it, I mean, it also, for a lot of people, stimulates appetite and helps you sleep. And yeah, maybe it helps some people relax. Uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and that's kind of what they said about Kratom too. It helps, uh, if it helps you and your well-being in general, then it might help you fight off anything. But
1: well, I mean, there's something to say about that. You know, positive mental attitude can yeah. t- take you a long way. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. And
0: so, I guess I, I mean I'm going to talk about this anyway. I was just going to make an announcement, but there's a um, the FDA seeking comments for or HHS is seeking comments for the um, WHO. Uh, they have, like, six um, substances they're concerned about, and the one is Kratom, and they have a public comment period open, and we have a link on Twitter, and I'll probably put it in the description, but uh, it's uh, important that people share it, their uh, Kratom story in the federal—it goes right into the federal registry, so I don't think the FDA handles the comments, or I don't think they they're able to— delete them or whatever because it goes right into the federal registry but um they're asking people to share their kratom story uh and this will go this hopefully will get to the who and they'll consider whether or not to recommend an international
1: ban of kratom uh yeah so yeah yeah, tell me about this so i saw you know i saw some flurry activity from aka regarding um I thought the health and human services said we're going to maintain the course and not try to ban kratom, uh, but yeah. now this is on a, on a larger stage with international drug scheduling and and who right World Health Organization yeah, yeah.
0: it's it's for yeah it's for the WHO and I think it's just a, a recommendation I I mean I don't know if it's going to affect the laws but the worst that could happen was is if they recommend this thing be scheduled and then all their members a lot of the member countries start outlawing it worldwide so i think it is important um to comment on it i'm not sure if it's gonna affect our laws or indonesia's laws but it might it'll give the people who want to ban kratom extra weight if the who is saying ban this stuff so there's an open (laughs) comment period that's required um that the fda asked for the comments but the comments are entered into the federal register um so i don't think i don't think there's any evidence that the fda can do anything about the comments it's it's important to comment and i'll have a link in the description and um and yeah
1: just click through it looks like comment period ends in august 9th yep uh Almost 2,400 comments thus far. And all the ones that I just like was clicking through on were all, you know, just a paragraph on. One of them was my husband is a construction worker. You know, he fell and hurt himself. He was on pills for a, a while, and the Kratom helped him get off of those pills and helped improve his quality of life. And, you know, I don't think. No one should underestimate the uh, the amount of um, help that those type of comments can be. You don't have to put a lot; you can do it anom- anonymously, but um, including some details on why uh, why kratom has helped you um, or not. You know, we're not trying to not trying to stack the deck here, but it seems to <laughs> be by by and large that the comments are. Um, uh, but helpful and it looks like they're looking at a bunch of different narcotics too it looks like an MDMA there's an MDMB research drug and then Bro, bro, for bro, orphine, it's like, morphine, yeah. but with bro in front of it.
0: <laughs> I, I'm wondering yeah. if, like, uh, Joe Rogan made that one up. He's it's probably <laughs> in a <his> sub list, <laughs> they <laughs> always he yeah. say he's a bro. Uh, Fenibut's another one. I actually just ordered some because I was interested in that because it's a GABA, uh, it's a GABA oh, one, and I just wanted to see if I if I took if I took a small amount and it would, uh, uh make me not desire alcohol or something like that but
1: mm-hmm. we'll see
0: we'll see what happens with that it's supposed to be coming in the mail <laughs> but since, they, since they're thinking about outlawing it i just want to
1: try it now yeah gosh well it's, you know it's uh, inviting yeah fda is inviting people and, and what you know what's what's a bummer about all of this and i don't really know how like the world health organization wants to continue doing this but the idea of scheduling drugs on the international stage was primarily an idea from the United States. Um, this notion of like the schedules and and how things are ranked in the schedules, like all of that is basically a carbon copy of, of U.S. policy. Um, and it's basically taking, you know, poor U.S. drug policy and then now throwing that over the rest of the world. And they're still dealing with the repercussions of like trying to unschedule cannabis. And so I don't know... You know i don't know necessarily if they're rushing in to try to schedule these things but like i feel like if i was on this board um considering any international drug scheduling that i would want to be i'd be very hesitant of just throwing stuff into schedule one and like oh we'll deal with it later because unfortunately there is not prescribed mechanisms for dealing with these things later like they have to go back and like or like make new rules or you know never have things scheduled in the first place if if we're going to go back on some of these so i mean hopefully they're taking their time um i you're right if they ban it on the international stage i don't necessarily think that means that it would be banned immediately in the u.s but it would certainly give them stronger ground to stand on um and i'm you know i'm just i guess i'm thankful for groups like kratom science and, and other advocacy groups in the kratom uh you know community that are making these things available so definitely there's no harm in just going to this website i went to this kratom science twitter and it's the pin tweet up at top you yeah. can just click right into the federal registry and and get something get a comment in there
0: and one more thing, I read about this. So there's like steps that the the um, although FDA here's here's what it says. It's, this is on the request for comments. Although FDA FDA is through this notice requesting comments from this interested persons, which will be considered by HHS when, when it prepares an evaluation of these substances. HHS will not. Now make any recommendations to WHO regarding whether any of these drugs should be subjected to international controls. Hence, HHS will defer such consideration until WHO has made official recommendations to the Commission on Narcotic Drugs, which are expected to be made in late 2021. Any HHS position regarding international control of these substances will be preceded by another Federal Register notice soliciting public comments. So there's going to be another opportunity to comment if they, if HHS decides to recommend a. Uh, uh, international ban but hopefully the HHS will continue uh, the last policy of not recommending it and um, Rachel Levine the new assistant secretary is I don't know if this matters because politics are so convoluted but she used to be a Uh, medical marijuana advocate and she's the reason i can get legally get medical marijuana in the state because they expanded the um conditions you could have to anxiety Mm -hmm. so basically anybody can tell a doctor they have anxiety and get a prescription now but which is Mm -hmm. good hopefully so the pressure should be on hhs i think to continue their policy of not recommending recommending a ban to either the DEA or the WHO, and I don't know how you can actually study uh, the drug situation closely and think, oh, well, let's ban them. That'll work.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 exactly. Because it's, it's
0: decades and decades now, of almost uh, probably 100 years of not working. So, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Let's double down on it now. That'll work. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. So the door on drugs was lost. Drugs won. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm looking at this comment field here, too, and it says, what is your comment about? And there's a dropdown that starts with, like, academia and animal feed. Um, yes. There's drug association, drug industry. Which one do we want to pick for, okay. for this case?
0: Okay, that's important. And this and this is from the AKA, and it's um it ends in 37. It's international...
1: Government. Internet. That's what ends in thirty-seven. Yeah,
0: man. international government. Because, oh, but which that part sucks because it does not say it in the request for comments. So, so when you're commenting on it, you're actually yeah, commenting yeah. on that because you can still see, you can still read the request right there. Yeah, I mean, the AKA said you should pick international government I 37 when it says what. What is your comment about? But I just don't have no idea how anybody would know that. Yeah. I'll,
1: I'll put that in the description yeah, exactly. as well. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad that you brought that up. I was curious myself. Uh, it just seemed like such a juxtaposition. Like HSS isn't going to do anything now. Who's going to do something? It's like you never no rest for the weary.
0: Yeah, it's like whack a mole with these. I was telling, uh, I was talking to Drew Turner about it, and <laughs> it's like. It's like they they have something else up their sleeve. It's just there's you know if they can't schedule it here, they're gonna try to put international controls. Which I don't know what that would mean. Would it mean we can't ship kratom into the country from Indonesia anymore? Uh, I don't know. It's just all kind of unclear. I don't, I don't but know. but nothing's gonna happen until at least. Later this year, and it'll just be a recommendation to the WHO. The WHO doesn't control mm-hmm. any country's laws. I think every country has to still go through their process of scheduling it according to their own laws. But um, yeah, it just wouldn't gotcha. be good. It just wouldn't be good if if they WHO comes yeah, out against. Kratom. It's not
1: a step in the right direction. Yeah,
0: yeah. Please comment on that link. In the federal register before august 9th and be a patriotic creative, amusing american and put it in the public record thank you dr jonathan cachet you can find him at jay cachet on social media music is captain big wheel song is moon runner kratom science podcast is written and produced by me brian gallagher for KratomScience.com. take care